What is up, everyone? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the Common Men's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah, coming at you live on this Sunday night after taking a break last Sunday, Noah, with the All-Star Game, to bring you Week 19 Fantasy. Noah, we're, we're back. We're doing fantasy episodes. How does it feel? Feels good, Colin. Uh, I didn't know what to do with myself last Sunday when we skipped an episode, and we are... Uh... We're we're entering the home stretch here, Con. We're almost, we're almost done with these episodes. I was, I was gonna say we're winding down on these. There's there's not many to be had left, and you know, depending on how you set your your schedule up or your league, uh, rather, this could be your last week of the regular season. Think about Seems that. Seems crazy. Seems crazy. This uh this season's kind of flown by, Con. I think I think a bit of a. Uh, I think a bit of the feeling of it going by so fast happened when everyone had COVID, um, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people were just not interested in their fantasy basketball because I know I wasn't because yeah. I just had like five, six guys out every night, and I, I think those couple weeks, that couple, that month period, really, uh, really flew past me. Yeah, yeah, it did, and and not to get too into the weeds with it, Noah, but we definitely saw engagement in the reddit post and just our overall stuff definitely dipped during that time you know i think it it soured a lot of people on on fantasy basketball but because it sucks when you look at your team you're like oh everybody's out like literally i remember a week for your team Noah, where i looked at it and i was like you have seven guys on the covid list and five of them were your top five picks (laughs) i don't i don't know what you do there i think you just you lose that's all you do yeah yeah, I think it puts uh, even more emphasis calling on these. You know, most leagues are going to last until week twenty three, week twenty four, mm-hmm. and I think it. I think these last couple month worth of posts that we're going to make, I'm, I'm hoping, are going to get really good engagement because this is the time that you know people want the information the most. Uh, yeah. We're going to have a good little. We have two weeks left in our cat league, Colin. One week left in our points league for the regular mm-hmm. season. Uh, you and I are going to have a good little battle for the one seed in cat, real quick. I know. I just uh, I just finished seven and two for the week. Where did where did you finish at? And I got two seven, so I believe you'll be up two categories on me now. Wow, that's quite the swing. I was uh, as of like two weeks ago down about six categories. So I was getting oh nine before the All Star break. Oh my god! Do you have people out, or like you just were straight up getting oh nine? Uh, so I think I'm eventually going to... I have Gordon Hayward and Chris Stapps out right now. Um, Gordon Hayward is out indefinitely, so he might be a draw pretty soon. Yeah. I think so, too. And then do you trust that Chris Stapps comes back? I do think he's going to come back sometime this week, and I actually think the Wizards are going to play him a ton because I don't think they have a reason not to. Yeah, they they have no reason not to. They're the Wizards. they got to... He'll be their something. clear number one option. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to figure out who this guy is. You gotta let him play with the team. Yeah, I I don't really get what the Wizards are doing. It's kind of weird that he was such that was such a big deal for him to go to Dallas, and then they just kind of trade him at the deadline one year, just kind of haphazardly. And I feel like nobody really cares. Like Kristaps, this drama started nine months ago. And it's just kind of over. Yeah, now he's going to rot away in Washington for the rest of this contract. <laughs> you know what? He is a very well-paid man, and I think that's all that matters. 
the Knicks had a big dub potentially on moving yeah. away from Porzingis. I know they got absolutely roasted at the time it happened. Who who knew? Who knew that maybe the Knicks know more about basketball than we thought? No, they don't know anything about basketball. Well, no, they're they so don't. Stupid. Come on. Yeah, so they got Kim, they let Kimmel Walker sit the rest of the season, but they didn't trade his ass. <laughs> That's so dumb. Just cut him. They what traded for we... Cam Reddish for him to average six minutes a game. Yeah, I just, I, I really don't get it. It's so dumb. So dumb. But, no, let's get into the schedule analysis this week. Uh, you know, just for the listener, we're keeping this one a little bit shorter. Some of us may have had excursions in the uh, greater Las Vegas area this weekend that are uh, wanting us to, to get back in bed, so... I don't know who those people are, but uh, speaking for me personally as one of those people, I, I'm looking to fly through this one. So, Noah, with that said, kind of a, a more widespread schedule this week. We actually have a team playing five games. If you're down to the wire and you just you don't want to waste waiver moves this week because it's going to come down, you have to maximize absolutely everything, the Toronto Raptors are your team this week. They came in, and uh, the grace of gods, they have gifted you five games this week from them. So there are a couple Raptors players that I know we like. You should be targeting them. Everybody else is playing four or three games, except for Portland, who only plays two. Portland, kind of an interesting team right now, down Damian Lillard, and for <laughs> Simons is the offense. You know, there's options there, but with two games, no, I, I think you just kind of write that off for this week, right? Yeah, Portland's not a very, uh, you know, they're good on a game-to-game basis, Colin, but not on yeah. a week-to-week basis, and them only having two games really uh, knocks them out of uh, being a priority mm-hmm. team. I actually watched a bit of the, um, I believe on Thursday back on the, the late-night TNT game was was the Warriors Blazers, and I just had it on because, you know, I'm a disgusting sicko who wants to watch the Warriors Blazers at 10.30 on a Thursday night, but they were actually, the the Blazers were actually kind of fun to watch, Colin, and, like, it, it's not the worst scenario for them at this point. Like, I've kind of, I've kind of come around on it, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't hate that. You had texted me when you were watching that, and I've cut a couple Blazers games this year without Dame. And you're right, they, they're not like, I wouldn't say they're, like, interesting to watch. I would say they're fun to watch. I, I don't know if, yes, yes. Like, is, is that a good differentiation right there? You know, like, I yes. kind of know what I'm going to yeah. get. I know what I'm getting, but it's still cool. Like, you're watching them with zero expectations, which yeah. like, makes them fun, you know? Yeah. And I, I actually think that, like, if they tank on and they get a good pick, like, I don't, I, I don't love the core of players that they ended up with, but I do like the players that – I do like some of the guys they ended up with, and I can't see them actually, like, building a team around some of these guys. Like, you imagine Dame, Nurkic, Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, and then hopefully a top-five draft pick. Like, it's not the worst scenario to be in to where you, when you look at where they were earlier, and now they have a lot of cap to spend. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it uh, it's all going to boil down to you have two years to try and rebuild. Like, that's it. Like, you can't yeah. spend five years like the 76ers did to get good. You you have two years, and then Dame is either just going to be too old to be the star player anymore, or he's going to want to walk away. And yeah. 
then you're you're kind of screwed. So I don't know. I don't love them trying to rebuild around Dame. I just I don't hate what they're doing right now. Yeah. No, talk to me about um, the number of teams playing each day. Yeah, so number of teams playing each day. We have fourteen on Monday, twelve on Tuesday. 16 on Wednesday, 14 on Thursday, 18 on Friday, 12 on Saturday, 16 on Sunday. Um, Back-to-backs, we're looking at Brooklyn, Minnesota, and Toronto having a Monday-Tuesday back-to-back. Houston Mm -hmm. has a back-to-back on Tuesday-Wednesday. Miami-Sacramento with the Wednesday-Thursday back-to-back. Atlanta, Chicago, Detroit, and Toronto with the Thursday-Friday back-to-back. Friday-Saturday, we're looking at Minnesota, Orlando, Philly. Saturday, Sunday, we're looking at Memphis. Sunday, Monday, we're looking at Denver, Houston, New York, Utah. Uh, Low-volume game days this week on, we're looking at Tuesday and Saturday with six games apiece each. Um, And teams who play on these low-volume game days, the Mavs play three games on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. The Warriors play three games on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. The Lakers play three games on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And the Timberwolves play four games this week on on Monday, Tuesday, back-to-back, and a Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. Ooh. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. There's value there. D'Lo loading with an absolute bomber of a week. Yeah. He single-handedly did a lot of damage. A Grizzlies-Timberwolves first-round matchup con would be sneaky, very entertaining, I have a feeling. Oh, that would be so entertaining. I mean, any matchup that the Timberwolves and Grizzlies are in, just individually, is going to be an entertaining viewing experience at the very least just given the casts that both those teams have throwing them together whew, whew. Um, you know they are three and a half games back on the Nuggets the Timberwolves are so it would really be the Grizzlies usurping the Warriors at the two seed which at that point Noah can we start to talk about John Morant really picking up steam for MVP because if he can lead that Grizzlies team to a second seed, who come on. You really started got to consider. I think Morant's going to end the year calling past Embiid, and he's going to finish third in MVP voting. Yeah. I, Embiid's grown to plus 115 right now, which I, I just I cannot understand. I don't get it. I think that's terrible value. I know the 76ers team is is good, but I think other people have been just as dominant as him this year. Mm. Yeah. And they uh they did put a smackdown on the Timberwolves in uh the Harden debut. They're going to the 76ers are going to look nice. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, dude, I, I, I still don't know how I feel. I watched the game, the whole game today against the Knicks, Colin, mm-hmm. and the Sixers really only played, like, three guys off their bench, like, decent minutes. Like, Georges Niang played the most minutes off the mm-hmm. bench, 18. Most of the starters played. The starters, which consisted, consisted of Harden, Maxi, Thibel, Tobias Harris, and um, Joel, they all played, like, 35 minutes or more, and... I, I don't know if I trust that Sixers lineup in a seven-game series or you're making him beat and hard and play 40 minutes a night. I mean, there's something it's, it's to weird. consider. Yeah, I mean, it's it was a thing early on in Embiid's career, too, you know. Wear him out, you know. Like, I forget who yeah. it was. There was a series. Was it the Raptors series that went seven where 
I think the 76ers had a pretty big lead early on in the series. And the Raptors' philosophy was if we could just get him to be out there in, like, games one and two and he has to play 40 minutes, then by games five, six, and seven, he's not going to be the same Joel Embiid. He's going to be gassed. Yep. Who knows? Who knows? Interesting. Okay, with that, we can move on to dudes that we are writing about for this week. Noah, talk to me about the first (laughs) dude that we're writing about this week. This first dude calling Mr. Raul Neto, 12% roster on Yahoo, 4% roster on ESPN right now. A real deep cutter here, like we talked about. The Wizards The Wizards have no clue what they're doing this season, Colin. Um, traded Dinwiddie to the Mavs at the deadline. Beal out for the rest of the season with a wrist injury. Um, Neto has really been one of the biggest beneficiaries from, this, uh, from the Wizards' previous moves, and he's moved into the starting lineup. Um, mm-hmm. In his last seven games, Neto is averaging 13 points, 5.5 assists, 1.7 rebounds, and 1.6 steals, Colin. Um, he's not shooting very much. He's only averaging right under 10 field goal attempts a game, but he's shooting 52% from the field right now. And not at this bad. point in the season, Colin, we're at week 19. Um, you, you can't find point guard production like this on just no. sitting on your waiver wire. No, I mean, point guard production in general is low right now with uh, some pretty big-name injuries to point guards. So to catch a guy that's actually getting starter minutes, that's uh, that's quite large, quite quite large, and uh, yeah, we're also we're definitely getting to the point here in the season, Noah, where uh, you just got to look at the really terrible teams and say, hey, who do they believe in? Who are they trying to give a shot? And let me <laughs> give them a shot as well. And uh, I think yeah. that's <laughs> kind of a, the perfect example there. Yeah, um, we're also getting to the point season or. We're also getting to the point in the season, Colin, where, you know, if you have guys injured and you're just holding out, like, I just drop Alonzo. Like, <laughs> like, there's no reason to hold on to Alonzo at this yeah. point. Like, even if he got tired, it's going to take him a little to get ready. And, like, the Bulls are thinking farther ahead than your fucking fantasy season. Like, drop him, yeah. pick up a Neto. Like, Neto will help you for the immediate future and for the next couple weeks. Whereas, if you're just holding Lonzo and not getting anything out of him, that's the difference between you winning your match of the week this week or yeah. not winning it. So, like, Noah, is somebody who holds Chris Paul in both our leagues, uh, would you... That's a tough one, because they, they said four to eight. I mean... Six if to it's eight. Six to eight? Oh. He's a drop. You maybe get him back in the championship of your playoffs. I mean, we have an IR spot, so I can hold tight there. But, yeah. You ain't getting them for the rest of the season, I'll tell you that. That's such a bummer, dude. Such a bummer. I don't get why he played in the All-Star game. Because, like, it's his hand, right? So he just kind of, like, used his other hand and, like, scoot past. Yeah, it was dumb. Does he think that's, like, the last All-Star game he's ever going to play in? Like, Chris Paul retirement impending? (laughs) Oh, the Suns! Uh, the Suns better hope not. No, the Suns need him. Um, <laughs> speaking of the Suns, con the next dude we're writing about is Cameron Johnson, who's currently fifty-five percent roster on Yahoo, fourteen percent roster him. on ESPN. Um, like we said, Chris Paul's set to miss six to eight weeks with a fractured thumb. Cam Johnson, um, is looking to be the main benefit beneficiary here, uh, quite a bit fantasy wise. 
Um, he has moved into the starting lineup. The Suns are now rolling out Devin Booker, McCall Bridges, Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, and DeAndre Aiden as their starting lineup, uh, with Campaign and Aaron Holiday also picking up some of Chris Paul's minutes. Uh, over Cam Johnson's last four games, on, he's averaging 18.3 points, 46% from three on seven and a half three-point attempts a game. Um, this guy this season, calling off the bench, this guy on the season is averaging 43% from three, so it actually is like semi-feasible. He could stay around that percentage. Uh, three and a half rebounds and 3.8 assists in 31.5 minutes a night. Um, very sneaky. Cam Johnson has been a top 109 cap player over the last month, Colin. Um, and I think he's going to feast while Chris Paul is out. Yeah, I actually uh, kind of just on a whim three, four weeks ago just needed somebody to pick up, and so I picked up Cam Johnson, and I've been holding. It's uh, It's been pretty nice. The production has been pretty darn attractive, let me tell you. Yeah, um, and I he's actually, like, um, outside inside the starting lineup, he's actually kind of like the second-best playmaker. So that 3.8 assists um, is, 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 like, uh, viable. I think he can actually mm-hmm. average that a game instead of in this short sample size. I actually yeah. think that can uh, be a thing long-term because uh, Cam Johnson is going to get a ton of attempts now, Colin, because Devin Booker is shifting from, you know, strictly getting to be a scoring guard and a secondary playmaker to being the primary playmaker now. So yeah. Cam Johnson not only is getting more shots a game, but he's also finding himself in that secondary playmaker role now. Um, I think this is actually going to benefit the Suns in the long run, Colin, getting this run without Chris Paul. Um, I think it's going to help, you know, some so, of these guys uh, level up. So I was going to say, you know, you kind of – the Suns are in an interesting spot. They've built so much of a lead on the uh, the field in the Western Conference that, you know, it's even, – even without Chris Paul, it's hard to imagine that they don't get the number one seed over this uh, next stretch of games. It's just – I just – I don't see them – being that terrible or the Warriors or Grizzlies getting so hot that they can make that up. Uh, Is this a glimpse into what the Suns are without Chris Paul and how valuable Chris Paul is? Because, uh, no, I don't know if you saw, but first game without Chris Paul, the Suns got run out of the gym. Mm -hmm. Run. Like, it's, uh, it's been bad. They lost by 15 to the Pelicans on Friday night, and then they came back and lost by four to the Jazz at home. You know? The, the, the Jazz at home, I think you you say whatever, but I think with Chris Paul, that's a win. Losing by 15 to the Pelicans at home? I mean, no, this is a team that prior to that night had lost nine games all year. That's That's concerning to me. You, you know, in a lot of respect, Colin, this is probably the Suns' year um, in terms of their timeline to win the championship. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know how it's looking next year for them. Um, I, I think they got to – I think I really think this is their year. And I think they actually, like, know that. Yeah, I think they do too. I think they have to know that. I mean, you could – you can try to run it again next year, but just the way that everybody's clicking – the roster you have, where guys are being paid, you gotta imagine that that if they want to do it, this is the year to do it. Which is cool because I love yeah. the Suns. I love the Suns organization. I'm a Steve Nash guy through and through. 
the Suns are always going to be my second favorite team just because of that, you know? Got a lot of Suns jerseys here in the old closet. So I'm okay with it, but it's uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough uh, if Chris Paul is more injured or more retired than we are led to believe right now. No, I'm just going to run through some waiver wire pickups. Buzz me if you have anything to say, and if not, we will send you on our merry way and hope that going to the playoffs, you pick up that last dub that you need if that's the week that you're, if you're in your final week. All right, here we go. Dorian Finney-Smith, Reggie Bullock, Maxi Cleaver, Dwight Powell, Jonathan Kuminga, Otto Porter Jr., Gary Payton II, Kevon Looney, Carmelo Anthony, Malik Monk, THT, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, Patrick Beverly, Jaden McDaniels, Seth Curry, Campaign, Monte Morris, Trey Mann, Denny Avdia, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, Devin Vassell, O'Shea Brissett, Isaiah Jackson, Chuma Okiki, Marvin Bagley, Brandon Goodwin, Markel Fultz, Aaron Holiday, and Thad Young. No. I wish you the best of luck in fantasy this week. Did you happen to catch any of that Nets-Bucks game last night, Colin? You know what? I In uh, the greater Nevada area, I was quite confident on Bucks minus 9.5. So I, uh, I walked away at halftime. <laughs> yeah. that, was a, that was a very good game. Uh Nets without KD, Ben Simmons, they, you know... They I looked at that and said nine and a half points, I'd take 20. Turns out. <laughs> I don't they, know. Uh, the, I, the Nets kind of showed me last night what they uh, what they could be. You know, Kyrie with his probably his best performance of the season. He had 38, yeah. 5, and 6. But just got a lot of big plays from, you know, a guy like Andre Drummond, Seth Curry, two yeah. of the guys they traded for. Uh, Goran Dragic got to play a little bit last night. You can see the role that he's going to have with Patty Mills off the bench. Uh, I, I like this Nets team. I like this Nets team a lot. Yeah, it doesn't that they can run the Bucks like that without KD and Ben Simmons, who, by the way, is now out indefinitely, indefinitely with a back oh, injury. He's dodging the March tenth game. He's dodging that. He'll play right after. That's so stupid. That's so stupid, dude. Ah. Oh. I hate this guy. Alrighty, Noah, send us off. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Bench Chatter, the Common Men's NBA podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Bench underscore Chatter. Leave us a like, leave us a rating, and we'll see you on Wednesday. Peace. Peace.